This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good, good everybody. All right. Uh, yep, we've got another all-question episode for you guys. You love you love asking the questions, and we love stumbling our way to some answers. Um, <laughs> and I love reading half of them and getting confused. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, so without any further ado, let's get into them. Are you serious? <laughs> We're going to have any questions. Okay, first questions over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies to get behind the show. Do it. Uh, comes from Mario Seeks. He says, who will be the big four in the EPL now? <laughs> um, I'm going to do a bonus pod about the Super League after this because we have got quite a few questions about it. And I know we're an NRL podcast, but you know we've done podcasts about more <laughs> obscure things than a different sport before. Plus, it's got the word Super League in it. But um, no, we're going to do a probably... 25 minute bonus podcast after this um, just about the Super League just to give you guys our thoughts on that so we'll skip those questions for now obviously the people asking questions on Patreon could listen to that uh, but if anyone else is curious listen to our Super League podcast uh, you have to be a member of our Patreon to do so which you can do for as little as $2 a month so what the big four is like Leicester Leeds it'll be Leicester Leeds West Ham and Aston Villa Everton didn't make it no they're always they're always seventh no matter who's in the league <laughs> sorry Dan that's it god that's uh... Oh, okay, it's fine. Don't no, no, we're not doing this. Wait, uh, Gyro's 11th best middle <laughs> says, Should we follow Europe's lead and create a breakaway competition with 12 of the strongest clubs in the more diverse areas and call it the Super League? Okay, well, this, this is one of the things I said it to Bungard before our last podcast we recorded. We spoke about doing a bonus one, and I'm probably not going to be on it, but. I did say that, like, that's the name is what they share, but the other Super League at least had a goal, which was, as you said, in to more grow the game. areas to grow the game. And yes, there was money and tide as well, but players and I was actually wanted to go do it as well. This is like the the goal for this one is like money for the people who own the clubs. Yeah, it benefits nobody because that competition already exists in Europe. And Correct. Like, whatever. In several tiers, in fact. Yeah. And it's, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're going to get to that. Um, his next question, he says, with all the talk about Penrith being villains, who are some of the best rugby league villains over the years and who are some that you actually found yourself rooting for? Well, Cam Smith's the arch villain, obviously. No one, no one I think, comes particularly close to him. Um, some other lesser villains, like Kenny Edwards comes to mind. Or teams. Um, a te- whole teams. Yeah, because um, talking about Penrith being villains, yeah. Okay, it's a little bit different. Um, who were villains? I suppose. Okay. Well, here's one I never liked: was the early thousands Bulldogs. I never came around on them. Yep. And same with that, that same era Roosters team, where they just kept buying the top try score from the year before. Yeah. Go At least the current team. I don't really hate the current team actually, like because they play good footy, and like they seem to rotate players and whatever. They're not really out there buying superstars every year, or whatever. But that Roosters team back then, I hated it. That was like. Yeah, this guy had a good year at Sydney Club. It was like 50-50 odds if he was at the Roosters the next year. Um, the Manly teams that had Steve Matai, Anthony Watmo, the Stewart brothers, um, DCE, like lots of villains in there. Yeah, I um I did hate that two thousand like the mid two thousand storm side and they cheated as well. But I think it was like twenty thirteen or so I came back around on them. So that was a villain I rooted for for a long time and still do like the storm. Uh, when they play my side. 
and I hate them. The Blues in the late 2000s for me just disliked pretty much every player on those teams. And people were like, why don't you care about Origin? I'm like, because I don't spend all year booing Greg Bird to then turn around and cheer for Greg Bird. Mm. Not great. Mm. <laughs> like, at least in the Queensland side, most of the time, it's I like most of the players, you know? There's obviously a few people you don't like. And that's going to be in any team you don't like some of the players, but yeah. What's another good villain? I mean, Brisbane have been a villain for a long time as well, but I don't know if they've been villainous hated, but yeah. I think the Roosters 2019 probably win the villainy stakes purely because the things that happened in that grand final and because they were playing the Raiders who the public oh, the, were well behind. The 2013 Roosters are pretty villainy because they were like the deliberate penalty team on the yeah. goal line. They're like, well, and they got Sonny Bill back. We could concede a thousand penalties and Sonny Bill and Michael Jennings are now here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. Gavin Bannerman. Who's taken the tuss, toughest coaching carry? A good bloke making do with spuds before the roster gets handed to someone out flashier. Toughest coaching carry. Right. So I, I this is describing the John Morris scenario right now, but so, I'm trying to think of some coaches so a, that fit that. So he's taken the tough run out of his end because he's taken the garbage team. Yes. And then someone else, and they get it. They, they give him, the, well, Knights fans would say Brownie, no. obviously. No, but, um, anyone um, who was at South for, <laughs> for like five years there. Shout out my boy, John Lang. Uh, and I, I don't know if Trent Barrett's carry was that hard because he's getting a second opportunity. But God, if you wasted your first career coaching opportunity on this current Bulldogs team, you'd be feeling it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, uh, tough. I don't know. I, th- I think, um, I don't know if there's any really tough jobs in the modern wasn't game. It, wasn't, it, wasn't it Brad Fittler just before Trent Robertson? Yeah, no, no, we got Brian Smith in there to fix it up. Wasn't Brad Fiddler after? Was he? No, yeah, Brian, yeah. The, okay, I'll check it anyway. But I believe Brian Smith came in as the fixer, mate. That's what he does, you know, for the before him and then to okay. Brian Smith. Maybe I'm getting my years mixed up. I just know they finished yeah, like they, Brian they, Smith, yeah. I just know that they, they were just like really bad under Freddie. They came last. That was two, oh, that was 2009, wasn't it? And then they got yeah. Smith in 2010, made the grand final. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. A lot of the current teams is not. That bad of a shape, even though the like Bulldogs suck right now, turning them around. And and then you look at situations, as I said, like second chances with Barrett, Maguire at Tigers is a second chance as well. That hasn't been the heart of a carry. I don't know. John Morris is a good one though, because you just did lay the platform and did it well. <laughs> like to you. That's that's a hard run. Yeah. Uh, next question. Sorry, I haven't got a better, better answer, Gavin. Sorry, Ma- Michael Gregson says, which players who no longer play for your club are more fun to watch now that you no longer have a vested interest in how they perform? Well, I mean, Dave Taylor and Cristiano were the obvious answers to this, but they're no longer in the NRL. So with that in mind. Yeah. Um, Here's Jack Hetherington, obviously, but I don't, well, I don't yep, think it's Well, yeah, that fun. makes sense. Um, no, I, I generally don't find any enjoyment <laughs> in those guys going elsewhere. Uh, a lot of the players that left Brisbane, it's like I've, I was happy to see the, so- the other side of them. And then guys like, Hodges very early on wanted him back bad came back like Falau went off to another code Hunt went to another code oh I did Brent Tate there you go I didn't mind him what succeeding elsewhere um not Luke Keery it hurts me I, um, I'm enjoying the Josh Maguire decline-ish kind of thing I, I don't think that was the purpose of the question no it wasn't fair enough um yeah because I'm just trying to think like Dylan Walker left and he's not been good for Manly anyway so who cares Corey Allen's been not great for the Bulldogs. Um, there's not, a, oh, I guess Cam McInnes. Uh, Cam McInnes is probably 
probably a good shout actually because I, I always thought Damien Cook was better and I wanted to get rid because I thought Damien Cook was better but then I was happy to see him do well elsewhere yeah, so. I'm trying to enjoy Dave Fafita but that's been really hard that, that would be tough like it's not like I don't blame him for going the money was there I don't no. he's the club bottled that one all that kind of thing whatever and he's such a talent I don't want to dislike him he's gonna play for Queensland for a long time but it's still very hard considering you know where he went and the time the space my club's in you know so yeah I, I don't know Oh, Motto Tony going to England? But you can't, you can't be counting that. Don't be silly. Uh, okay. Uh, Butty asks, what is the point of it all? Sorry, mate. I mean, can the Tigers fans get kicked anymore? No. The, the only way it could have been worse is if they gave try without checking and then Tom had dropped it. And for some reason, they just forgot to check it because the game had ended. That would be a very West Tigers thing to happen. Yeah. Oh, just... The West Tigers thing to happen would have been that they they stopped Luke Brooks halfway up the field. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking like they just – I think it got so much worse when the troll got four weeks for them because they knew he should have been sent. Tough. Tough uh, scene. Uh, it's – look, team of the podcast, we're with you. We're still here for you. Uh, Jules asks, is it common for clubs to have a get-out clause for their coaching contracts like the Tigers have with Maguire? Explain this to me. I'm looking it up right now. Like I know, I'm not sure. Great on great on here, but I know they have clauses in their contract. But is it is, is it allows them to terminate, not him? So obviously, there's many that way. Like, so yeah, it's common. Like they can. Oh well, there we go. They can terminate. They can terminate at any time. That's a bit different. And he gets no money. Yeah, it looks like that. That's a bit of a oh. weird clause. But I guess he backed himself. But I also think the Tigers have been through so many coaches they're better off backing the wrong horse than back and then changing horse again. And what are you going to do? Who are you going to go get? Like they've just had so like much John, John Morris. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah. Yeah. But they've been in such a spot that they've been changing coach often. They still almost every one of their last few coaches have had players who came for the last coach and a few of them in these contracts left or whatever, whatever. And I know Madge has mostly shaped this roster. And I do think a lot of Tigers fans are out on him. But it's like, yeah, they cut him again and it's just like back to square one again. Not great. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. But So I think that's probably why Madge a bit confident in that clause as well. But you'd think if he got punted this year by them, he wouldn't get another first grade gig ever again. No, but we'll always have 2014. <laughs> the not-so-mature-age student says, Ryan Pappenhausen is well, is well coached by Billy Slater, as was Drinkwater and Hughes. Obviously, Billy can coach guys to do what he did or at least educate them enough to know what outcomes they need to achieve. And it appears that Lockyer and Andrew Johns haven't had an obvious impact on upcoming players. Do you think this is due to poor club succession planning or that these two greats are natural instinct? Excuse me. <coughs> My bad. Jeez. Which they can't explain or break down enough to teach others. Did Johns work with Mitch Moses at all? Oh, Johns worked with really every halfback. It yeah. doesn't count. Okay, fine. Uh, I, I don't know... You can't give it all to Billy, but Billy was a talented athlete, but not the most talented footballer or fullback when he started. Like, you remember, Billy couldn't pass at Australia's all. Australia's greatest athlete two times in a row, though. Yeah, but that's it. He was a good athlete. And he, like Cooper, learned a lot for their career to improve. Those guys are always better. They're in a better spot to go teach others how to do the same thing. Like, of course, Lockyer and Johns are not that well that, that good of coaches because like Lockyer was like the best player at Brisbane from like he was like nineteen, just like really good from day dot whatever. Like 
You know, again, like Kalen Ponga, what's he going to go teach someone? Look, you just do a ridiculous step into throw an offload. And that's it. That's how, that's how you do fullbacking. You know, like <laughs> uh, Billy's in that right spot. And then he also, the, the thing with Hughes, Drinkwater and Pappenhausen, they're also in the right spot to learn. Like none of those guys, if you get some people walk straight in the first grade, 18, 19 as a superstar and just whatever, they stay that same player for a long time. But guys, Hughes was already on his second chance. He'd been, no, third chance, sorry. He'd been through Titans, Cowboys, and to and maybe another one as well. I might be missing someone. It feels like Roosters I'm missing. Maybe I'm wrong there. But he'd been to the storm and is in a position to learn and improve because he's like on his kind of last legs. Drink water, spent a while learning the storm. And Pappenhausen wasn't wanted by anybody. So they're also in the right position to be receptive to learn. And the Storms have a good way of lining all that things up at the same time. Like they'll, and they're patient with those guys. They're patient with Harry Grant. Works a little better than like when you're, say, at the Knights or Brisbane and they throw you in like Jared Mullen and you're Andrew Johns for, for day one you're supposed to be. Yeah, just be good, idiot. Yeah. Like maybe if, you know, Jared Mullen got a couple of years to really set up then without pressure, not thrown to origin, maybe it happens different for him. Brisbane haven't really had the right prospect. I mean, they didn't really transition well from, from Lockyer. It was supposed to be Carmichael Hunt. He left. Ben Hunt steps in a few years later. They did like Scott Prince and Peter Wallace and whatever. Like, didn't really work either. But yeah, I think a lot of it is to do with that uh, natural talent. Doesn't really, they don't really coach that well. And yeah, okay, I was right. So Hughes did go Roosters, Titans, Cowboys, Storm. That's a lot of jumping for a dude who's still da- like was at the storm at like twenty three. That's a lot of clubs. Yeah, yeah, that, that's surprising. Manny P. For a team that had that's had as much success as Penrith this season, do you think it's oh they haven't got a bit more swagger or cockiness about themselves against Brisbane? Um, a little bit. I mean, the handshakes were funny. Yeah, I mean they're doing it on purpose. Obviously, I'm I'm already I'm so tired of talking about that already. That dumb. This is what happens when a team in Sydney is the the top of the news chart. We talk about the same thing for two weeks in a row. They came back again about their game against the Raiders. I don't care. They are they are cocky. So what? They are a bit spoiled. So what? Uh, yeah, I don't watch. care. Let them let them do it. I don't care. Uh, but it keeps coming up. It's still we're still talking about games from two weeks ago for them. I don't know what's going on there. Okay, uh, not so mature age student. He's asked a very intelligent question here. I'm not sure I'm capable of answering, but let's have a look. <laughs> You've spoken previously about how players have to earn their spot by playing well in reserve grade. He provided a bit of an overview of the way clubs treat play, br- sorry, clubs bring talent through reserve grade into the NRL side. What things are they trying to teach him about being a first grader? Do coaches look for, for reserve grade sides to win or just looking at particular stats like defensive reads, how they follow a game plan, et cetera, et cetera? You got any answers, Bunga? No, this question's too. This was well above our station. I yeah, think, it's but... a bit above my station too. I've <laughs> I've had a lot of I've had a lot of peaks up the kimono behind the scenes in rugby league, but every coach is different. Every setup is different. Every team's respect for reserve grade is different. And I don't think I'd be doing that question justice by going off. Oh, I guess this team does this, or guess this team does that. But oh, it... I do think that results don't matter in lower no, grades. Do I don't not. think they care about that at all. No, I mean, obviously this, this current Penrith lot can look back at their results a bit, but in most cases, they don't give a single shit. They want the couple of players playing well. Yeah. And they're not really, you know, looking 
some clubs look at their stats, others won't, but they're not really looking at that, mate. They're not doing the down that grade. For like, if you've got a player developing a first grade, they're not going to go through his, his mistack. His, um, they look at his game plan. We're not going to go through his, like, you know, break causes and give him shit for that kind of stuff. I don't believe. But I don't know. A lot of teams will go put a player in reserve grade with a plan. Like, you know, yeah. Well, it's it's like when, um, when George Burgess, they, South took him out of Toyota Cup and put him in the reserve grade team, which is obviously to the detriment of the Toyota Cup team, mm. but it was just to yeah. get him better because that's what mattered. Yeah, but a lot of it's like sometimes I think players, and these are the teams that not aren't as good as reserve grade development for me. Some teams predetermine which young kids getting their shot in like in a year or two, so they will spend a year in, in reserve grade. And sometimes it won't even matter how good they were; they were that was their kid from whatever they'll get a shot in first grade and. The, the better teams for miners, when you said earning spots, the better team with their setups for minor ones in reserve grade who have, it's easy to say it, but the Storm have lots of guys down there competing for spots in that region, that, that area. They, they When they got to the end of Ken Smith, they didn't sit there with one hooker. They sat there with two. They, when they got to the end of Billy Slater, they had <laughs> Jerome Hughes, Ryan Pappenhausen, Scott Drinkwater, and Nico Hines. Like, they didn't just put their eggs in this kid's this one, this is the one. This this seventeen year old is going to be the one when that guy goes when he's nineteen. He'll play first grade. Lots of teams do that. Way too many of them do that. The storm didn't do that. Good teams just fire a lot of shots. That's all it takes. Sam Walker wasn't meant to play first grade this year. Yeah, but he's definitely. great. But you know, it was meant to be Lachlan and, Land. And, and, and but look who's playing. They had Warren they, with him. Drew Hutchinson, and they took the shot on Kyle Flanagan as well. That didn't work. But they had other guys behind him. Whereas yeah. a bad club might have throw money at Kyle Flanagan and just not had a contingency plan if it didn't work. Yeah, which one of them is currently doing. <laughs> well, their contingency plan is yeah, getting that Burton it. next year. And, but, but getting t- guys through the first grade, it's different at, at every team. And some teams, like what Brisbane did the last couple of years where they just cleaned out first grade to bring in young kids, is just the absolute wrong way to do it. Because even this Penrith team, some of those guys have gone on there and earned their spot. But like 2-0 and, and Charlie Staines and others got their shots through injury. Yeah. And prove they were up to it, and that's when they took a jersey. Whereas Brisbane were like bulleting guys, like you gone, Jimmy the Jet gone. You, you know, when people were getting punted, then they're putting kids in, then going, "Oh shit, he's not as good as we thought he was." Yeah, and you have to wonder <laughs> what that does to a, a young player's confidence long term as well when they're just turning up and getting belted every week. Like I can't, like I'm certain that if like Xavier Coates was in this Penrith team and Brian Toto was in the Broncos team then I'm certain the coats would look better and the toy would look worse. It's, it's just a fact. Yeah. The, the, one of the greatest blights on NRL recruitment strategies though, is what the storm get away with because anyone who's followed me on Twitter or even heard me on the podcast like three years ago, I was talking about Harry Grant like three years ago. And this is not me trying to talk myself up. This is me saying all I was, was a guy with access to vision. Like anyone in the club could be. All I had to do was look at the stats and go, man, this guy's at the top of lots of them. I'll watch some video. Watch it. It's like, oh, this guy's pretty good. And therefore, I spotted Harry Grant. No, I did not. But me in my spare time, 15 minutes in my pocket on Tuesday at 5 p.m. can do that. Other clubs, that guy just sat, at, sat in reserve grade at Melbourne. Just sat there. Yeah. And then nobody, nobody was like, hey, Harry, you want to? We'll come over here, and then Pappenhouse and nobody wanted him. Like that's the biggest blight on the on pathways for most other teams. Is when teams like the the Storm get away with this shit and on repeat. There are teams that just flat out ignore the Queensland Cup. So oh, they do, they do, yeah. right? and that and like luckily it's going on TV now too. But it's just it's a lot of agendas at most clubs that, and not all of them, but a lot of them will be if there's two juniors 
they're both seven out of tens. And when we got option, we had to sign either of them. They'll just choose the one who's from their region. And hell, if one was an eight out of ten, the other one's a seven. The seven's from their region. They'll choose the seven. Yep. Uh, Matthew Duggan said, should Penrith break away from the NRL and create a one-team Super League, or would that be too similar to how it's already for them in the NRL? <laughs> you are one win in front of us, mate. Calm down. But he's a he's a he's a Raiders. Fan. Oh, he's a Raiders fan. What am I talking about? I don't know. You are two wins behind us, man. Calm down. <laughs> Uh, he's just trying to deflect from the Raiders being terrible. How hey, about Jared hey. Croker sneakily being the worst contract in the NRL? Uh, you yeah. did say that. So, um, yeah. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. Michael Gregson. Did anyone catch Crawley trot out the secret code word thug? Mm. We're talking about Steve Crichton the other week. What can be done to see that thuggery of guys like Crichton, Luai, and Tuo? It's perhaps Penrith will need to draft some sort of I, final solution to their thug problem. My look, I, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to cast. I didn't see it, obviously. I don't want to cast versions on people. But listen, there's at least five things that happened in this past weekend of rugby league alone that were more thuggish than anything that Stephen Crichton's done in his career. Paul Momorowski, white thug. Yeah, it's weird. Didn't call Momorowski a thug. Well, it must just be a coincidence. Uh, Westlife podcasters, Jackson Hastings to the Titans. Tigers, sorry. First, Will says, can they play him at 14 or maybe 13? Secondly, is it a positive signing for us assuming it's not for dumb amounts of money? Um, oh, this got confirmed like three minutes ago, by the way. So it. while we're recording, Tigers tweeted it out. Um, okay. Which is annoying because the other podcast is going out first. People are going to listen to it and be like, you already signed. But anyway. Okay. Um, Two-year yeah, deal. So, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, look, we, we talked about it on, on the previous show, but yeah, fuck it. Just let him run around. Who cares? Might be fun. <laughs> yeah. I, like I said, I can't... I, I, can't buy into the thing. Oh, yeah, he's not coming to play halfback. They did not like. Uh, they might have. I might be wrong on this, but they did not sign him to come play fourteen. There's no way they pursued a guy like middle of last year, waiting all this year till next year to come be a bench fourteen. Yeah, no, I don't. I can't believe it. Maybe, maybe he is. But it's, uh, Jackson Hastings, he's one of those unlucky guys that I heard he's a you know a bit of a head case off the field and maybe needed to do some maturing. And maybe he's done that in England. One of those guys that didn't get the benefit of proper reserve grade, didn't get sent back there to develop, just got sent overseas. <laughs> We're done with him after a couple of couple of years in first grade. Uh, next question, M. I'm not reading that. <laughs> uh, shoot, shag, marry. Heather's ta- Heather. Oh, that's a different one. Heather's tackle, Trell's tackle, and Momo's tackle. <laughs> I'm shooting <laughs> trails. I think trails is the worst. Yeah, I agree. I'm shagging Heathers and I'm marrying Momos. I think that's that's fine. It's fair. She says, if you want to be serious, why are people mad about the send-off? Is it salt or are people not serious when they say they want the crackdown? So I just wonder if people, and we'll never know, but I just wonder if people would have been as mad had the trail thing not happened the night before. And you're probably right with what you said on the last show where he maybe doesn't get sent off if the troll thing doesn't happen the night before, but let's just say for argument's sake, it does happen anyway. I think mm. people might've been okay with it, but I think a few people probably still would have blown up because there are just people that watch this sport that think nothing is a send off. So, yeah. And I, and I think every day of the week, what he did, what he did was a send off. And the problem is that it's not always a send off. The problem is where the line is sent set. I do think t- players should be sent more and, Players should, players should be symbian more for these things. And I hate, and I know the referees really think it because I've been told it. I hate the mentality that the referee is deciding the game on that. 
Jack Hetherington decided that game. He did that. He the referee jumped did not do and it. hit a guy high. Yeah. It was really bad. The referee did not decide that. He did that. That's his fault. Uh, next question comes from Harvey G. Where does the Kalen Ponga flu game rank among all-time great performances, not just in rugby league history, but in any field of human endeavor? Um, it was the second best poop game I've ever seen after Lamar Jackson's performance against Cleveland. What about your boy for the Celtics? That's third. <laughs> in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair. <laughs> great stuff. Uh, he says, where does the Brody Jones no net game rank among all-time great performances, not in just rugby league history, but in any field of human endeavor? Um, second behind Brock Lesnar. Yeah, very good for a necklace, man. Yeah. Uh, Leon says, is it open season on fullbacks now? The NRL has rewarded the tactic of cannoning into the player in the air. Oh, yeah. yeah. We didn't talk about this. On the ball. I can't believe how many, again, I, I can't believe uh, how many people were just fine with that. I, I thought oh, this clear, is the, the Kalen Ponga one? Toby Rudolph, Kalen Ponga. Uh, it's a clear no try. You can't just, and, and people go, oh, but he's he's trying to play the ball. No, he's not. That's like, A, he's not. But B, even if he is, that's, uh, and the example I gave was, it's like saying that, oh, it's not a penalty because he didn't mean to hit him higher. It's not a knock-on because he meant to catch the ball. It doesn't matter what he's trying to do. He mistimes everything, doesn't get near the ball, takes the yeah. fullback out, and they score a try. It was absolutely ludicrous that, that try was, I understand. I thought it was even more ludicrous that like this genuinely divided the internet in half rather than it being like an 80-20. Yeah. I, could, I said it was the worst call of the season. I stand by that until Latrell Mitchell didn't get sent off the next day. But um, <laughs> I thought it was an absolute howler, and I couldn't believe that I had so many people arguing with me on it. If you just, like, stare up and run now, you look up with the arms out in front, you run forward, and whatever yeah. happens, happens. Oh, I'm looking at that ball. Oh, I was going for the ball. Oh, No, you God. weren't. I wasn't certain the one when Corey Oates dropped it that wasn't a penalty either, but then I watched it on replay. Like, oh, yeah, that idiot also, like the idiot jumped too early. Corey did. At first, like, geez, that doesn't look like he's going for the ball, but. I love that now if you just look towards the sky and have your arms out, you're like, oh, you're playing for the ball. People get way too bogged down on intent. Intent usually doesn't matter. Yeah. Again, it doesn't doesn't matter that he was going for the, which he said, that excuses a legal play, does it? Terrible. Yeah. Big Chief 69. My boy. (laughs) A close round was nice, but can we go back to the competitive crisis where Manly and Brisbane got stomped every week? So who was that question from? Uh, Big Chief 69. Thank you. Uh, th- that was one of the things uh, people missed in this week. It wasn't about good, but the people who didn't understand and sort of get the rule change thing, make it, oh, the, this is the worst, this, the four or five worst teams ever. Like, no, it's not about that. It's a, like that happened, but also like the blowouts were happening in other games. Like Brisbane blew out the Bulldogs. Titans blew out the Knights and then got blown yes. out by Manly. Yes. And um, then, yeah, that's it. That's still an issue, but yeah, Brisbane turning up there is there something we didn't we didn't uh, account for? That was quite shocking. We have to see Brisbane turn up away from Suncorp still, though. I don't I don't get that. I, that's something, Bungard. How do we in modern sport like how are we in a space? I understand twenty or thirty years ago plus why teams were worse on the road. Yes. I still understand now being a little worse on the road because of the home crowd, all that kind of shit. Dave, Dave, perhaps different. Yeah. How are there still teams like this current Brisbane team that are like competitive at home? And like league, haven't won in like 25 games away from home. But you often talk about the surface at Suncorp, but it can't be that much different. No, like but they don't even turn up, mate. Like they, they, yeah. Like I don't get it. Like you fly on, you fly down. It's the same. Pre- like teams go to Suncorp and are good. They're doing the, the reverse. I don't know. And it happened when the Cowboys had it forever as well. The Warriors have had the Warriors are better now. They're not New Zealand, but like 
I can't get my head around that. And there's people smarter than me who haven't got the answer either, but I don't know how. Well, why do we never are. win in Melbourne, Mitchell? Yeah. I think once it gets down to the one venue, it becomes a mental thing. I was going to say, and also in fairness, um, we're Melbourne always playing the storm in that yeah, game. That's, whereas that's sometimes exactly. you're playing the Bulldogs. Exactly. Or we, you know, go away and just get smashed. But anyway, uh, M asked, do you have an issue with what Melbourne did with the Symbian interchange with Munster off Welch on slash Nas off Munster on? This falls firmly in the basket of like things I don't care about. Yeah, gamesmanship. Part of the, they, it was part of the rules. They took advantage of it. Uh, it's fine. Wow, they got next year interchange. That really would have made all the difference in that game. They won by six hundred points. Uh, uh, well, the Tigers have said uh, Brooks leaving is out of the question. So that that Good. settles well, that. It settles it. We're fine. Poor Luke yeah. Brooks. Yeah, that's fine. No. Yeah. <laughs> God, well, I guess that um, ends the Billy Walters Brisbane this year. But surely that means. Billy Walter Brisbane next year. That's ridiculous. At least kept a spot in our 30 for that long. Uh, next question's over on to Discord. Yeah. Okay. Well, while, you, while you're finding that I've Discord, got, I will... Them, yeah. No, no, but I would like to give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon. Uh, remember, the only way to guarantee that your question is read out is to be a member of our Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash NRL. Boom. Rookies. Um, we've also got the Discord where Mitch is about to read the questions, but there's plenty of other stuff. Uh, going on there as well we've got channels for just about everything you could possibly want to talk about both footy and non-footy related stuff so yeah if you if you're enjoying the show and you can afford to flick us two bucks five bucks a month feel free but a special thank you to dave carlo tyson wayne ritchie ando ben wallace big chief 69 blake moretti <laughs> butsy cam beswick chris avenel chris slade cto dan cullinane doc hogg an anonymous backer, Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jack Snape, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Maddie McPee, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, Never Trendy, Razor, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, the Not So Mature Student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick Ahern. Thank you so much for your support and to everyone in the tiers below us and to everyone who's just listening. Thanks as well. Yeah, I do think we hit a... Uh... We hit fatigue for our good friend, the anonymous backer. People have hit the anonymous backer fatigue. The guesses have stopped rolling in. They have no idea. It's Russell Crowe. Okay. Uh, first question comes from Jules. He said, you guys don't do listen along live, right? To the podcast. Well, we may be soon. Maybe. We've got to buy, we've got to buy those green screens. But well, yes. We're also going to... for. Up the kimono again. We're both going through the uh, process of bo- uh, setting up new computers and buying parts and building them because um, our production setup is not good enough to to maintain. If we the old, the old rigs together. from about 2011, I think it's on its last legs. So. Mine struggles now to load. Like if I've got video on one screen, load up the other screen. But we've enjoyed the video format. It's made it easiest for us doing it over, over online. Probably remain to do that. Bart is in the studio, so yeah. Hopefully, once we both got our new rigs set up, we'll have. Yeah, we're recording. really keen to do that. If you guys, any, and again, uh, either Patreon, Twitter, wherever you guys can get in touch with us, um, let us know because we'd love to do like some Twitch stuff during, I don't know, Super Saturday or the fr- like whatever, whatever day of the week works for you guys. Um, yeah, and we've, yeah. we've looked at um, some new providers, like or new, I guess, podcast video services, and there is some there that we can do, even if they don't join and, and participate, they can watch us podcasts if they want to watch it live yeah. and that would be if we did do that it'd be a patreon exclusive and luckily jules asked that question on patreon but yeah there'll definitely be some things coming once our rigs can handle it 
Uh, Wayno says, do the Raiders have legitimate excuses for fading late in games? Or is it fair to think that fitness may be an issue from them more than most of the top teams? No, I don't think they have any more or less excuse than anyone else. No, I do think uh, I th- there's a there's a deep squad of talented players there in that four pack and similar, but it does look like that roster has hit a bit of a their their ceiling or their wall. Maybe things will change over the coming weeks, but yeah, they, you know, what's the difference between losing by twelve or by twenty five at that point? <laughs> But yeah, I do think they've got some tough questions to ask about. They're not going to drop Jared Croker, but Sebastian Chris should be in that side. Tom Starling, I think maybe they should. They probably won't. They're both co-captains for Christ's sake. Hodgson's another issue. Got hooked for Starling, and then you got guys in reserve grade like like him or not, Harawira and Ira, and you've got Corey Horsbra. And having Havili on that bench over those two guys probably shouldn't still be a thing. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but I do think there needs to be an injection of something at that at that squad to, to liven them up over the coming weeks. And uh, we did speak about this, but Shunter says, given the rumors of the Chad being Cowboys bound, is the Todd Payton not quite the brilliant tactician we thought he was? Look, it's it does. But hey, two wins in a row. But notably, though, they're also one of the teams that, like, okay, everyone, all, all, the coach is obviously part of recruitment and retention. But the Cowboys, when the team's notably set up, where like it's not as much the coach, like they've got uh, what's your name, Peter Parr, Michael Luck up there. I believe he's still there at the Cowboys. But they, they, they've been. If you read, they are the ones who met with um, they met with Adam Reynolds, not Todd Payton. So unless I'm, but I believe like he's got less control. Obviously, you'd have yes or no say on it. But yeah, it wouldn't make you feel warm and fuzzy. No. Again, he's one of those guys. If you signed him with no one else left and it's November 31st, you're like, okay, look, we had to have the Chad. We lost Michael Morgan. We couldn't get anyone else. So we had to take the Chad. But when you're doing that, when it's like Adam Reynolds' season, haven't got Dearden yet, I'd rather t- punt on Ash Taylor. Ugh. Even Sean Johnson and uh, Benny DTD says that there's been a lot of talk about the halfback merry go round. Would signing Sean Johnson be a good move for the Broncos? I'd take Sean Johnson if we lost Adam Reynolds. Yeah, I'd love him at Brisbane. Uh, just if it's one well, of depends on the other players, but I want someone alongside Dearden, like a Reynolds or Sean. So perfect. Uh, Justin says, after his performance against Penrith, should the Broncos hierarchy act fast to secure Vlandis's ball maestro? Uh, Brody Croft to a new 10 year, $10 million deal. He played well. Good on him. Uh, Mitch with a good question. Boys, how are your balls? Mine are fantastic after receiving my Manscaped delivery today. <laughs> what a king. Well, there we go. He revealed himself. That's a Boom Rookies. Uh, sorry, Manscaped.com, a promo code Boom Rookies. But yes, Mitch was the one I didn't reveal on the last podcast. But feeling good. There is, there is in the gift pack, there's like ball toner and ball deodorant. And I haven't tried those yet, but I feel like I should probably try one of them just to see if it actually, like, it sounds, ridiculous. it sounds ridiculous. But maybe, you know, what if I do some ball deodorant and it's, it makes yeah. a difference? Okay. Maybe I'll try that tomorrow. Okay. Keep him posted. Okay. Ben Qualiata says, who out of Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend is the reacher and who is the settler in the relationship? Oh, wait. They don't even play for the same team. But they will if they go. If they go um, together. That's a good question. Oh, uh, I guess Dearden's the settler in that context, but 
I don't know. I don't think you show me enough. No, I, see, I, don't sh- know, I don't know what relationship that there is, please. It's from How I Met Your Mother. It's, oh, it's the concept that in every relationship, one person is reaching and one person is settling. Ah, uh, uh, How Much Your Mother, that's a thing. Um, yeah. Okay, so I guess I could have figured that out. But yeah, I'd say you'd say Tom Dean's a settler. Poor Chad. <laughs> um, next question. Well, Matty says, read my question above. So <laughs> I've scrolled <laughs> for a few days ago. Matty says, is the fact that Nathan Cleary stood up in crunch time and won a game for Panthers prove without a shadow of doubt that he was concussed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe, by the way, I got this far without even talking about it. He says, if the little man is so special, why is Pangai a better finisher than any winger? God, why did I not talk about that? Pangai didn't get any of the LM points. Of course How he did. ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Pangai was goddamn exceptional in that game. I could never decide his best position, but my favorite position to him is scoring tries while flipping. Who knew? I, I was I loved that. And I, we did Broncos Weekly during the game, so there's actually live reaction and me chahooing audio available on that podcast. And I was, I was chuffed like a proud son. <laughs> but, uh, next question, Harvey. When Chad Townsend signs with North Queensland, what sort of laughter is more appropriate? Maniacal, the Joker style, Villainous laughter or a jolly deep voiced ho ho ho. Oh, it's a tough one. Uh, maniacal laugh at the, I believe, I believe is the right one. Um, yeah, I suppose because sharks fans are very jokerish. We had gone in like been a little while. There wasn't many year ahead signings this year. Now we're getting there. Hastings first. This one might happen. They're coming. All yeah. before Adam Reynolds. It's remarkable. Just. Their entire fan base is happy about this. I do really feel bad for Chad Townsend. I don't. He has 4,000 YouTube channels and podcasts and made a lot more money than his talent probably de- probably deserved. So Still I don't feel bad. sorry for him. Uh, Maddie, again, this Super League thing in soccer sounds interesting. Do you think it could work for a real sport like rugby league? <sighs> He's got me. Well, again, a cross-continental competition could have a spot in rugby league because there isn't one currently. Yep. Uh, Shanta, if Jack DeBellin oh. and Jared Haynes saw the mm. government, government's new milkshake video, uh, they make more respectful choices. I haven't seen this video. It's so bad. It's what it is. Laugh. It is atrocious. Is this it a is, response to their in-house issues? Pretty much. It's it's it is so shockingly tone deaf. It, it is. I thought if you watched it, you'd think it was a piss take. So, wait, it's like a minute long. You can watch it after this, but it's it's embarrassing. Should I take a break and watch it? No, just wait. Well, <laughs> just wait till afterwards. We're nearly done. Yeah, but okay. I, I I am interested now. Okay. Anyway, that's all the questions on Patreon and on Discord. So over to the Ludites on Twitter who are getting things for free. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Luddite. Oh fuck it, Ludite, which ironically makes you a Luddite. I'm a, I'm definitely a Luddite. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, now, simple. Uh, here we go. The Steve's 89. For Mitch, what was the worst feeling? Greg Inglis's try in the 2008 semi or Ben Hunt's drop in the 2015 grand final? This one's tough because the 2015 one, I felt like we were throwing that game away pretty much until the last, like, until we got that break where Ben Hunt turned the ball over. I thought we were going to lose until that moment. Then I believe for about 45 seconds and that happened. 
but I still thought going into extra time we we're going to lose. So like, I kind of feel like the English one hurt more because we had the ball. I know it wasn't a grand final, but we had the ball. It was against that storm team, but yeah, the Ben Hunt one was like, it was terrible, but it was like, okay, this, the pain, the pain ended. Well, I watched yeah. the first line kick up for four minutes. Before that, like I was behind him, watching line that damn thing up for like four minutes. Like, yeah, moving every goddamn wire in the world. Uh, his question for Bungard. Oh, oh, this is this is playing clear favorites. He gets you, he lets you choose a better feeling. Oh, that's nice. Nathan Merritt's field goal in 2009 against the Tigers, or Chris Sandow's field goal in 2011 against the Roosters. Oh, it's a hard one. Um, Sandow's because I was there. I think that's that merit field goal was a goddamn banger though. It was great, but the Sandow one was a against the Roosters, mm. and B, I was and again I, I was I was there. I wasn't at the Tigers one. Um, both fantastic. I will also like I just remember that Roosters game was really fun. I just remember that day really fondly as well because I played soccer earlier that day and we were playing. We were second, playing mm. the team coming first, and half our team was away for various reasons. So we. Came into that game with um, six of our players. And then I called up three 15-year-olds from the under-16s team I was coaching. This was all-age men's soccer. And we bet, we won 3-2. And I set up all three goals to the kid that captained my under-16s team. So we had a great win in soccer. And then I quickly got home, got showered, went to the stadium with my pop to watch Souths. And then Souths won in equally great fashion. So just a really good day. Okay, there you go. Uh my, both my days were terrible. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, Nomad Berg says, how many tries will Tom Tavoyevich score in the grand final? Six. Yeah. That team's still like, you know, or you all know uh, there's good team swings, but like good team, you know, you lose your best player in the spine. It's hard to recover from, but it could be like a, maybe a 12 point swing. Legit. You know? Uh the man, 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 no, same for most teams, right? Oh, right, right. For Manly, it's like an 80-point swing. Seriously. It's like they lose by 40 to win by 40. <laughs> if you could guarantee hell? me, if you could guarantee me he would play every game for the rest of this season, I wouldn't be shocked if they made the finals. <laughs> He's that good. Yeah, and they and I, and I do not they vibe so is, much. This is I do not want any more Tom Tavoyevich disrespect from people. I I understand that he's got fitness issues, but miss me with your Ryan Pappenhausen is better or your AJ Brimson is better. When this guy is playing. He's right up there with James Tedesco. And he did this. Stop it. Coming back from it. And uh, I saw man, like many fans wanted to get rid of him at one point because of it ongoing. But it's like when he can play like that first week back with his hammies like that. And he made like, as I mentioned earlier, I thought Josh Schuster has amazing hands. If you watch Schuster quite a few times with Walker at fullback, was doing quick hands at the fullback at the back. And Walker just got walloped because he just caught the ball and got smashed. In this game, twice, he did quick hands to Tommy Turbo, who's good enough to do quick hands too. And it was bang, bang, break. It's like, oh, what a shock having a good fullback for this team. How they play makes a massive difference. Because almost everything they do is built around him. Yeah, he, he's, he's fantastic. I, wish he, I just wish he'd stay fit. Oh, he's one of those guys, mate. Like, I don't like going too far with it, but he could be. If he actually ever played a couple of seasons straight fit, you, you, you know, knock Tedesco off that throne. Maybe, yeah. But it's... Yeah. Well, there was a period where people talked about it. Yeah. So I feel, like, I feel like the last year or so when he's been injured and on the field, he's been better than that period, though. Uh, Gilby, I was called Gillard. No, nah, actually, I'm not going to read that one. I thought oh. that was the wrong one. You want to read that one? I don't know what it is. So, no. No, nah, it's about trawling through footage. For, for It's the Penrith question. 
Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I can't really talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I don't really want to. Uh, okay, M- Malak or Malich nine four nine nine one says if the two point field goal continues continues to be used tactically like it was for Reynolds, yeah, will it be good or bad for the game? Um, I just don't think that there's many guys that are capable of doing this. Besides uh, the two guys that did it this week, I think like, there's more. But uh, I don't DCE. think Yeah, I think I think it's bad for the game if they start getting hit all the time. But I also think a lot of the teams haven't got the balls or bottle to do it. Like I spoke out in preseason, mate. That if I was a coach of a team, those midfield bomb sets, I'm having a crack every second one. Yeah, like whatever. And Reynolds is good enough to hit them from multiple v- angles. So is Cleary. So is DCE. If Reynolds keeps hitting one every week, they'll get rid of the rule. Because this is like that's why the field goal's worth one now already. Yes, this is literally <laughs> what happened. Eric Sims used to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I didn't think about that. I'd like Adam Reynolds to just keep kicking one every week because it's funny. Like, there's some sets there, man. When you're going nowhere, forty out, just fucking have a crack. Just yeah. do it. Send you're not a good wrong. Kick chase. Like, I don't know why teams don't do it more. And I thought, especially because you won't have the regular amount of kick pressure that they have when it's an obvious drop goal situation That's as well, it, mate. That's it, so. mate. And especially because he can ping him like he can be 10 in from the sideline to hit one from the 40. And from that position, he's not getting, you are putting a field goal shot up pressure on. Like they're not no. getting that pressure on him. Uh, and it's- I don't think anyone expected it on Saturday when he did it. Okay. This is a really good question. Okay. Might end up, end up on this one. Oh, okay. uh, Ryan Watson, 1988 says, you have one season to win a comp. Ooh. No salary cap and can pick any player. Okay. The only catch is... Whoever you select has to play a position they've never played in an NRL game before. Okay. Could it be done? And what's a spine you'd pick? So what's a spine you'd pick of fully players out of position? But also, who who is the first player you'd pick to play a position they've not played in an NRL game in? Okay. It's a good question, isn't it? Um, it is. I'm putting Teddy at 5'8". Yeah, I was thinking Tommy Turbo at 6, but he's probably has he played there yet? I, I think, think he has. has. Let's have, I don't have a quick look. He has not. He's played wing center fullback. So that oh, I assume he had. So that's why yeah. I, I'll stick with my answer. Put Tur- well, I'll put Tommy at seven then. Um, <laughs> Being lanky seven. Hope he stays fit. Yeah, uh, and that means well, the the the, the other the, the putting who's someone that could play fullback that hasn't. Uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, I'll keep thinking. Who have yeah, you? Got? A lot of guys have been thrown because the, the forwards you can kind of just kind of cheat and well, put. Well, Mid- yeah. middles on the edge and he only, edges yeah, in the middle. That's why and he can switch wing and center, whatever. He only wants just spine. So I'm allowed to pick yeah. spine players from other positions and move them, right? Yeah. I think picking a six to play seven is cheating, by the way. I don't think you can do that. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not a dope. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I back him so much. So I'll, I'll, that's my first answer is Tommy Turbo and six, as you heard there. I'm putting be- James to this. I'm putting Katoni Staggs at fullback. Are you? There you go. Well, I'm going with, I'm moving from hooker, the man, Harry Grant, to not seven. I don't care if he can do it or not. He, I just back that guy's talent so much. Probably better candidates, but I want to, if I get to pick four spine players, he's one of them. We'll figure it out later. You know, uh, I'm giving, I would love, I can't do it, but I'd love to, Munster is a bad loss. It's like, why can't I actually know? He's going to play hooker. He played hooker in the junior. Hooker? People <laughs> think that matters. It doesn't really matter. But again, a guy that's on the field. You know, that's uh, I, I was going to put Luke Keery at hooker. Yeah, so I have those two, and then if I'm having if I'm having Tommy at six, all right, oh, I won't I cheat. won't cheat and have Tommy then at seven. I'll pick someone else. But I got, so, yeah, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think my fullback. Who would my fullback be? It doesn't have to be a player who's from the sp- spine either. Obviously, they can play somewhere else. But I'm trying to think who do I think would be good enough to go back there and hasn't played there because even most of these guys, you back a little. Like, say you thought Zach Lomax could become a great fullback again. He's already yeah. played there. Oh, I'm trying to think. Do I want Brian Toyota to return kicks like a madman from back there? It's not a bad shout. But I don't know if he can do the ball playing. Okay, wait. Let's let's change it. Let's let's put Isaiah Papali at fullback. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> they return kicks out of a goddamn shotgun. Uh, no. Okay, so okay, I'm putting. No, I'll change someone. You come yep. up with someone. I'll think of. All right, fullback. so I, I'm going with. Um, yeah, so I'm going with Katoni Stags at at, at fullback. Mm. I'm going with. I won't. I won't have turbo. So I'm going with. Uh, James Tedesco at 5'8", going with Brandon Smith at halfback and Luke Keary at hooker. Oh, it's a formidable, formidable side. Uh, I'm just trying to think who would I put there. Like, There's so many. All the guys in my head, fullback, he's played. He, oh, he's played there. Oh, he's played there. Oh, okay, here's mine. Random one. I'm putting Matt Burton at fullback. Okay. Did he, did he play a game there? He I'm might not have. sure. I don't think so. But, oh, actually, he might really have played question. a game there. I know he's played off the bench, I think, there. Look, let me check if he played there. I might not be able to do that one. He hasn't. Well good. Matt Burton, fullback. Right. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one more in before we end on. People like these questions. Yeah. You have to pick four forwards to play in the spine. Oh, okay. That's better. Who haven't played in the spine. Okay. Which four forwards are you picking? I'm picking Ethan Bullymore at fullback. I like it. <laughs> I like I'm picking Cam Murray at 5'8". Yeah. I'm picking... Tarek Sims at halfback. Seen him, I've seen him force a repeat set or two in his time. And well, hooker, I can't obviously can't pick a hooker. Um, yeah. That one's tough because a lot of those guys have yeah. played a bit of hooker. I'm picking... Just trying to think who's someone that's quite quick and rangy um, or quick and nuggety. Someone that's got some toughness. There's someone that's probably already plays in the middle yeah. who can pass a bit. Oh, he's, no, he, he's not fast enough. He couldn't do it. Um, geez, that's tough. Uh, still thinking. Okay, well, I can, I'll can. i do go. mine. I know mine yep. because I like the big fellas. So mine went through my head before the other oh, one. I'm about, yeah, yeah, go. So fullback day for Fida. Okay. My 5'8 is Luciano De Lua. Yep. My halfback is Tafita Pangai Jr. Okay. Obviously. And my yes. nine, different to the other ones, Cam Murray. Just, you know, he's the settler. The nine, mate. Sensible yep. player. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I'm going to put... Can I put Angus Crichton at 5'8 and and move Cam Murray to halfback? God, I'd like to see Crichton at fullback too, actually. <laughs> That'd be fun, actually, because he was an outside center at rugby, wasn't he? He was. And also, um, he's just like, yeah. Good tackle breaker. Probably can't play hooker. Can't can't grip the ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, poor nine fingered guy. That's good. Putting Payne Haas at hooker. Fuck you. He's yeah, scoots. <laughs> Pick it up and go. That's it, mate. Test that fitness bending down a hundred times a game. Exactly. Yeah, those, those are the questions that the lifeblood of these podcasts, the ones like that. I put those two spines up against each other. See what the punters think. I think they're yeah. both pretty handy though. Yeah, I like that. That four, uh, the four ones where my head went instantly. Though. That's that's what the people want to see. <laughs> yeah, okay. but if we made you answer any of these without a low lure, it'd be oh, hard. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joey at fullback. What am I doing? That's what I'm about. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, uh, and also, okay, one more random one. What hooker would you play at fullback if you had to? Damien Cook. 
Yeah, I think so as well. But I'm like trying to think outside of him, who else would I think? Reese Robson. Like, I feel like you could throw Cook back there next week and he could do the job for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Danny I'm Levi, not... be all right. Maybe I think I think Cooks had the leading, the clubhouse leader by a distance in that one. Hey. Yeah, Harry Grant's probably probably up there oh, too. Yeah, he can do but anything. I think Cook <laughs> Cook is just so much faster than most hookers. Reed Marnie, yeah. actually. Reed, uh, he's a guy that you could put. He's he's actually a guy that for the original question yeah. you could put at halfback. Good kicking game. Yeah, yeah, not bad. But anyway, that was a good question. I could do these hypotheticals all week. But me and yeah, you, we could go catch right. a footy team and throw people out of position all the time, and fans and, um, would love it because fans for, always want that shit. We're gonna get we're gonna get text messages from Nick Canton like an hour after this podcast drops with his spine as well. I'm sure. <laughs> and he's probably got yeah. some really obvious answer that we've missed. But oh well, what can you do? Oh fuck him. <laughs> oh, that's not very nice. If he's still listening, right. I'm sorry, Kev. I didn't mean yeah, it. Yeah, that's mean. All right. Okay. Uh, we've come to the end. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash NRU Boom Rookies. Uh, iTunes reviews. But if nothing, it's fine. Just thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>